Hello, and welcome to the Bible Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Kelly, and I'm here to help you understand what you just read in the Bible. Hello, everyone. I am so glad you're on this journey with me. If you are new, welcome. If you have any questions on how the podcast is laid out, you can listen to my introduction episode. And everyone is welcome to go to my website, bmepodcast.com, to drop me a note ask any question, or just get up to date on the podcast with the resources I have there, including links to all of my pop culture references. Welcome to week 34, Habakkuk chapters 1 through 3, Jeremiah chapter 41 through 52, and Lamentations chapters 1 through 5. Timeline is 625 BC to 586 BC. And we get to start with one of my favorite books in the entire Bible. Like, this is my favorite book, the book of Habakkuk. I love this book. It's a short read, but I feel so in sync with Habakkuk sometimes, and I absolutely love how God answers Habakkuk's accusations and really his frustration over a situation that he has absolutely no control over. So let's get into this. Chapter one, we see the first complaint, which is fair. I think there are many of us who see all of the injustices of today and how there seems to be no end in sight and don't understand why it continues, to which God responds to this. Look and watch. What I'm going to do, you are not even going to believe. I'm going to use the most ruthless and wicked people, the Babylonians. Personally, this would not be the answer I wanted to hear, but hey, he asked God and God answered. Habakkuk comes back with God and says, you are holy and amazing and worth everything and nothing can be done without you. But why are you allowing wicked to go after wicked? I, I don't get it. So I'm going to stop my foot. <laughs> And watch from here and see and see what you have to say. And God answers, wait and see what I will do with all the evil. I will not let evil go unpunished. And while I may use these people to punish the evil being done, their evil will not go unpunished either. It may look delayed, but the time is coming. Those who are righteous will stay safe. Their faith will save them. But the evil have no such hope, which absolutely floors Habakkuk. And then he praises God for how merciful and wonderful he is. He will let all of the world know, as God directed him, that while it may look bad, God is in control, and God will take care of Habakkuk from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. Amen, and may we all have such faith. Love that book. All right, jumping back into Jeremiah chapter 41. So, as we talked about in last week, Ishmael kills Gedaliah, the men with him, and the Babylonian soldiers who were there. And then, due to wrong place, wrong time, 80 men from Shechem, Shiloh, and Samaria came to bring offerings to the house of the Lord. And who was there to greet them? But Ishmael. He killed 70 of them before 10 were able to plead a deal for the food they had hidden. And we learn that Ishmael and the men with him buried all the bodies by throwing them down the cistern. Ugh. And then they took those remaining survivors and used them to take captive all those in Mitzvah. Thankfully, it was quickly found out what was happening, and Johanan and the army officers found out they went to confront Ishmael. When those in Mitzpah saw Johanan, they ran to him and hid behind his army. Sadly, Ishmael and eight of his men got away. So Johanan and the rest of Mitzpah that had been saved start to make their way to Egypt because they were terrified. After all, the man that from Babylon that was killed, and who knew what kind of retaliation that the Babylonians were going to do because of that. In chapter 42, before they get there, they stop in Bethlehem and let Jeremiah know what happened and begs him to go to the Lord and see what they should do. Jeremiah's like, no problem. And 10 days after Jeremiah inquires of the Lord, God says to tell them, if you stay here, I will prosper you. Good will come to you. No need to fear the king of Babylon. I've got you. However, if you determine not to do that and go to Egypt because you're still scared, even after I told you not to, you will die there. And not only will you die there, 
but you will be a curse, an object of horror, an object of reproach. You are never coming home again. And Jeremiah is like, you shouldn't have asked me and said you were going to obey if you had already made it up in your minds to go to Egypt because now you're willfully disobeying God. Kelly, side note, now if I heard this, I so would be like, I'm not going to Egypt, no thanks. However, since we are all like the Israelites, I wonder how many times God has warned me against something and because I already had my mind made up, I missed out on the warning and the blessing. Eh, food for thought. Chapter 43, in true human fashion, they accused Jeremiah of lying. And not only did they accuse him of lying, they accused him of working for the enemy and then forced Jeremiah to go with him and his buddy Baruch. Heesh. Then once they got to Tophanes, God tells Jeremiah to bury some large clay stones in the entrance to the Pharaoh's place and then let everyone know God is sending Nebuchadnezzar there and those who will die will die. Those who will be taken captive will be taken, but Babylon is about to destroy Egypt. Chapter 44, God is mad, and rightfully so, as once again, his people went against his commands, went where they weren't supposed to, and started giving offering and sacrifices to false gods, particularly a goddess called, a goddess called the Queen of Heaven. But what made this worse was it was the women who were doing it, giving that thing the credit for all the goodness in their lives, and their men were more than happy to go along with it. So Jeremiah tells all the people what God said and reminds them how they not only messed up by doing this, but they literally went back on their oath to God. And in chapter 45, God does not forget about poor Baruch and lets him know that no matter what happens or what he is forced to do, God is with him and he will escape with his life. And then in chapters 46 through 51 are God having Jeremiah explain to the other people and nations such as Egypt, Judah, Moab, the Philistines, Ammonites, and Babylon, how God may be using them for his purposes no matter who they are, but what is about to happen because of what they did. And while they may try to run, they will not hide and make no mistake. It is not because they are so put upon. It is because they did downright evil and went against God. And by 52, we have the actual fall of Jerusalem to Babylon. So then we get to the book of Lamentations, and almost all of Lamentations was done as an acrostic poem, like where you had your name going down the side, like Kelly, and you wrote a line starting with the letter K, then the next line with a letter, starting with the letter E, etc. We are entering the time when we see the desolation of Judah has happened, and it's almost as post-apocalyptic scene. So many are gone. The gates and splendor that once were are broken and in decay. The author, Jeremiah, is reminded of how it was and how it looked, and he sees how the nation cries out to anyone for help, but there is no one who is willing to help. Furthermore, the nation is to God, but God is not there to comfort them. But the author answers that he knows it is because of their sin, their rebellion. And while this was just punishment, it doesn't take away how awful and dreadful the punishment is or the shame of having her enemies triumph over her. And then in chapters three through five of Lamentation, Jeremiah continues to cry and lay out the hurt and brokenness of the time. Of this time, he does come to show how no matter how bad it is, no matter what the punishment is and or that it comes from God, the righteous can always hope in God, that God will not leave them like this forever. If they will repent and ask forgiveness for the wickedness and sin that they have done, that the Lord will forgive them and turn his wrath and punishment away from them. Jeremiah confesses how deeply the people of Judah had sinned, how terrible they had disobeyed God, and how much they deserved the punishment they were facing. And then he praises the Lord because the Lord is forever holy, forever good, and because of his great love for his people, when they ask for forgiveness, God will grant it, that the punishment doesn't last and God's grace and abundance will come on them again. And what a wonderful place to stop today. 
This is where we end. If you have any reactions, thought, questions, or words you need to throw my way, please do so at my website, bmepodcast.com. Have a most fabulous week, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.